LA Underground with Rukin. Now give me something to dance to. LA Underground. This is only the beginning. Clever the way everything blends together. LA Underground with Rukin. Hello there and welcome to LA Underground. I'm Rukin. This is our 11th episode and the sun's finally come back out in LA. It's been raining for ages and earlier this week I had the pleasure to sit down with one of the most well-respected DJs on the underground here in Los Angeles. His name's Stefan C.A. It's been really fun getting to know him. He's a regular with the 900 block and you find him popping up all around town. He's also done an awesome guest mix which will be playing just after the interview is concluded. And so here it is. This is my interview with Stefan C.A. So I'm thrilled to be sitting down right now with LA's own Stefan C.A. Welcome to LA Underground. How are you doing? Pleasure to be here, Sam. Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Rise and shine. <laughs> Rise and shine indeed. It's very early on a, on a, on a remarkably rainy Los Angeles right. morning. It's, we can feel the pending weather coming, can't we? We sure can. We sure can. It's like, beautiful to finally have some kind of weather in LA versus three summers and two weeks of winter. Well, you say that, but I spent 30 years in England exactly <laughs> so I didn't experience exactly. this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to be sitting down with Stefan. Um, I became aware of you because uh, I'm a regular to the 900 block parties where you've been around wow. really from the beginning. Amazing. And um, Stefan, if you don't know, has been uh, rising up through the underground scene in Los Angeles uh, since about 2012, is that right? Yeah, I'd say that's kind of when it first started. Um, first gig wasn't really until 14. But yeah. How, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 32. All right, so you've been doing it a long time. And uh, what would you say first lit you up about house music? And where did you hear it? Wow. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start kind of like backtracking it. So, you know, I started, I grew up in LA. I've been in LA since I was seven years old. Um, my family is from France. I lived out there until then. But in all sense of the word, I consider myself an Angelino. Los Angeles is my home. So that being said, in that era that I grew up in, hip hop ruled the world. And I'm from LA, one of the main cities of the culture of hip hop. So that's all that was around me. And you're only influenced about what's around you. Art, of all the art mediums, music is absolutely the only one without a question of a doubt does not happen in a bubble. You're always influenced by something or you heard something and then you do what you're doing. That's right. So hip hop was everywhere, dude. It was just what was cracking. That's what was happening. And 13 years old, you're, you know, you're in the mix with all the homies. Everyone's kicking their little freestyle bullshit. I, I swear, like, I thought I was a rapper. And, you know, we're doing our thing, and, and, it, and it continues, and the circle gets tighter, and people that are more serious about it kind of come together. And it became aware, it, it became very apparent that there's only so far we can go when you're jacking for beats, a term that Ice Cube put out, where it's like, you're rapping over an instrumental, a well-known song. 
can only go so far with that. <clears throat> no one wanted to be the producer. Everybody wanted to be the rapper, the diva. So I'm like, whatever. I'm going to start learning how to make these beats so we can actually like go to these venues and say, hey, can you book us? As opposed to like we're just rapping over, you know, whatever beat I was able to find on Kazaa at the time. Over other people's music. Right. Oh, and that's, we just, I just didn't want to do that anymore. Neither did the group we were with. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I just kind of slowly but surely made my way into learning how to produce on a digital audio workstation. Um, this, the whole hip hop mentality of, of, of production, especially at that era, set such a, a foundation for my musical production. And I say that to say this sampling based production it's kind of like my sound it has been and uh side conversation with is how house music and hip-hop both started in the same realm in that respect with sampling a funk record for hip-hop a disco record for disco adding synthetic sounds over it anyways um so yeah, hip hop took its course. We did our thing. Almighty was formed. We toured a little bit. We were doing our thing in the LA underground. It was beautiful. As the producer, I was also the recording engineer. I was also the sound engineer. I was also the, the mixing and the mastering. Um, I was doing 90% of the work for 5% of the kind of like recognition. Right. And I was dealing with these diva characters, man. Sorry to say it. And I got really like sad by it. And I thought maybe music just isn't for me. So, you know, kind of like a three year writer's block, you could say. And then my buddy, Tade, the homie, he like, it was Halloween 2009. I'm getting my story, my little timeline right. Monster Massive um, at the uh, sports complex, the Coliseum. He's like, what are you doing tonight? I have this ticket. My girlfriend can't make it. Come with me to this rave. I was like, what the hell am I going to do at a rave? No. He's like, what the hell are you going to do at home? Smoke weed and watch TV? Why don't you smoke weed and come to this rave? I was like, you know what? Let's go. You know, make the story short. It changed my life, dude. I saw, I saw firsthand... Uh, the unity, uh, I saw the peace um, amongst the crowd. Again, the hip-hop crowd is very rambunctious. It's very mean. It's part of the bravado, and I got sick of that. Um, I saw, but most importantly, I saw these producers on stage completely shining, completely in control of their sound. I felt like I had lost control of my sound as a rap producer because I make an instrumental that's it. I have no more say after that. These rappers can say whatever they want, messages that I don't agree with. I sold the beat. I can't tell them anything. So I saw that with the house music or dance music world uh, at the time, you know, it wasn't really that house. It was more electro. Um, these people were completely in control of their direction, of their sound and of their message. And, and then I got this moment, dude, where I like forgot about kind of like everything before my teenage years with my father and my mother and how much I love disco. And I was like, wait a minute. The first album I ever asked my mom to buy me was that Fat Boy Slim album. You know, I forgot what it's called, where it's like 
Fat Boy Slim is fucking in heaven. Like that, you know the album. The it's got like a picture of all his records. It's got the it's been a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic album. The big one. And I was like, wait a minute. For sure. And then like Daft Punk came back to my head and Prodigy, and I was like, wait, I actually really like this type of music. What the hell? And boom, that was kind of it. I just kind of decided this makes sense for me. And so that was probably, that was 09 was the rave itself. There's still like a year of how do I leave the only thing I've ever known. And then I'd say 2010, 2011, I was like, okay, I'm gonna really like study this. And probably 2012 is when I like, kind of like put that foot out and took that foot away from the hip hop world. 2014 was probably the first gig I had at uh, La Cita. I was right. I, I was right. Oh my God, it's like a. <laughs> I saw a poster in the arts district of like, hey, Electro Night at La Cita. I took a picture of it and I emailed this group and I was like, oh, uh, any chance you got room for it? You know. And the second one they did, they put me on as opening. I had a blast. I was I was rocking virtual DJ on internal mode like a oh, loser. Wow, wow. that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it after that, bro. I fell in love, man. I fell in love with the unity. I fell in love with the um, control. I fell in love with the message of dance music and house music really just kind of like became my direction in the subgenres. And, and within that, it's the whole acid, the classic Chicago, which means like disco and vocal and and the lo-fi and the, and the and the deep kind of like those three circles together i'm in the middle of that yeah i mean uh, you know your music has a, a your original music current mm-hmm. like you've got a um, a release coming out which uh, you should all check out it's called acid kiss on the way isn't it yeah um, and and it's got a very analog you know analog sound with like a real like old school flavor and in your dj sets as well you you sense a real knowledge of what came before you you, you, you seem very aware, um, and it's clear now, having spoken to you about it, you know, what the roots of the music you're playing are. You can sense those flavors in your music. Is that something you're doing subliminally or a little bit more deliberately? I, th- I think it's a little bit of both. I will say there is a deliberate attempt to, to tell a story with my, with my DJ set specifically. I have this... Uh, philosophy this ethos of of uh respecting the culture of house music and what has come before us and what has been built uh the house that's been built before us that we all live in because of people that put in such crazy hard work over so many so many like things that were uh, going against them a lot, a lot of things that happen in my DJ sets are always kind of like I have a pivotal moment in my set that's planned. Everything will kind of just freestyle around it where it's got to do with bringing a, a classic kind of like pioneering record. I'm always going to bring one to my DJ set to kind of like, you know, there's, there's always going to be people in the crowd that are new to this that are or that are coming from EDC main stage and they're maybe starting to get away from that and I'm hoping that they'll hear that record and they'll be like oh my god that's so good and then either they're educated enough where they can 
tell by the audio signal that it's very old or they're Shazam it and they'll be like, holy, this song is from 93. What? Yeah. And they'll start diving and then they'll start seeing the, you know, the, the, the Felix, the house cat, the Carrie Chandler's, the, the Gene Fair, like, like, like these big Chicago, New York names are, are, are very important to me because of what they've laid out. And I always want to like push that a little bit. The, the signals aren't thick enough to do a whole set of that. Don't get me wrong. I like that slap. So I can't do a whole set of that. I need some slaps. Absolutely. It's music to my ears. No pun intended. Nice. Deliberately intended. In, in my sets, it's this, I, I do that with, uh, with all the acapellas that I throw in. Uh, always, you know, those, the, the, the vocals just never get old. Like the great mm -hmm. vocals, the great licks, you know, from the, the early 90s sounds and, and early 2000s too, and, and they're still being produced now, but the classics, you know, they really give that layer of authenticity and, and you can work them now in such interesting ways that it doesn't feel old. It feels just like an embracing of, of what came before. I love hearing that, dude. And it's also, you gotta play in, you gotta be, you gotta play into human psychology a little bit and, and nostalgia and comfort. So when you hit, so there's that being said about educating some folk and then there's like some like people that you, you have to impress a little bit in, that are on the dance floor that are, that might've been on these LA dance floors longer than you've been alive, you know? So, and you hit them with something that they, they're familiar with, their guard drops and they are, they are there. They are, they're in it with you now. Because they're like, oh, you know this song? I know this song. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think having having seen you play a number of times now, I think music's so accessible now, isn't it? It's so easy to get your hands on really any track that you Anything. want. It's not that Anything. difficult. Nope. And so the, the way that you bring an authenticity and uniqueness to your music is you play pieces or samples or tracks that mean something to you. And when they mean something to you, they end up meaning something to other people as well and 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 so i'm, I'm curious uh, as that since that that is something that you do um do you feel that energy come back to you when you put that out that pivotal moment that, that yeah that you're working around do you feel it come back when it when it works i'm, I'm it's this two-part answer to this uh yes is, is a short answer let me break it down two parts i am lucky very 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 lucky to be working with the 900 block brothers now, these are dudes that I, I, I mean, the phone is blowing up right now. Like we are constantly in communication. It's insane. It's funny. It's annoying. It's brotherhood. Sometimes, you know, maybe there won't be people in the crowd that fully get that classic record, but those guys do. And they'll, they'll point at me. They'll be like, you mother, I forgot about, that. I didn't even, you know? Yeah. They'll be like, what is that genius of time? No way. So that'll happen. And that's all, that could be enough for me because Michael Pham is one of the greatest, in my opinion. And, and hearing him kind of praise me sometimes is all I need. I'm not a guest of LA Underground. Uh, absolutely respect um, Jade and Narek and, and just their friendship and, and their opinions that I respect so much. If, if When they're like, what? what is that? I haven't heard that before, you know? And then maybe I'll even introduce the, them to like a 
a classic artist and that'll start shaping the direction of our bookings a little bit and which is fine you know but then there are people in the crowd that you i will see them react to that song to that classic song and i just i just do the paint i just point they point back and it's like we shared something that that goes beyond modern society that goes back to the caveman we can speak to humans can speak to each other without opening their mouths so you heard it here first. If Stefan CA points at you, something's going on. <laughs> and point back. He wants you to point back. Please. <laughs> um, I mean, that would explain why the 900 block feels like you've been invited to uh, a private house party or something. Like it feels, it doesn't feel like, and I mean this in the best possible way, it doesn't feel like you're at a club it feels like you're part of something. And uh, and um, just hearing the way you talk about the relationship with the guys and yourself that are behind it, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, how did you guys meet each other? How did it all yeah. go? Well, so it's important to say that Jade and Narek and I went to the same high school. Really? Believe it or not, Glendale High School, God bless. Yeah. We're all we're all a year apart, um, so there was like a two-year, there was a three-year moment where we were all in the same school at all times. Uh, they were super heavy into the skater scene. They're both very very good skateboarders. I I played with it a little bit, but music kind of it was like I was doing a little bit of skating, and then music came around, and then I was doing both for a little bit, and then. The music just kind of took over everything and the skating went away. I feel so, like I feel like really good skateboarders are a rare thing. I, I, right? I, 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 um, I spent a lot of time in London and um, uh, there's a place along the south bank of the river right in between like the National Theatre and the, and the Hungerford Bridge where there's a lot of skateboarders and in general as you walk past and there'd be like 10, 20 guys there mm -hmm. or girls or whatever and and all i ever see is people falling over <laughs> and like crashing into stuff and so and i i had this joke with my wife uh we were like where are the good skateboarders they're all in la baby because <laughs> I, I only ever see them falling over yeah, and getting so upset true. with themselves oh my God. falling down dude that's such a good metaphor maybe why past skateboarders are such resilience in life we fall it's part of it you fall down are you gonna get back up and throw your body down those six stairs again and you're probably well, gonna fall again are you gonna do it again in one more I mean, and you know what i am gonna being, do yeah, it it's again. a good recipe for being a dj right because you, yeah. you can't be afraid to fail because that's how you do exciting stuff there's not one single dj say yet where i haven't had a mistake it's part of it. I'm not using sync, kids. Don't use sync. You compress the file and lose audio quality. That that's. I mean, that's like the most um, benign byproduct. Yeah. But you also lose. Can you also lose control of the music? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not able to get yourself out of trouble. Something goes wrong with sync. Yeah. There's 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 no way to fix it without really stopping things. So exactly. Don't do it. Don't do it. Also, so you don't. I mean. Apart from anything else, you don't need to anymore. I mean, it's, I, I completely you know, that agree. Part, that part of it is matching up numbers at this point. Exactly. I mean, if I, your eyes work, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Come on. 
But your ears should be working too. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And it's it's the it's a sonic. It's a sonic. One would hope. One would hope. Please. So that's that. You know, uh, life goes about its course. I went my thing. I graduated. They went their way. We were cool in high school, like for sure, super homies. But like, that's it. I did my thing. They went their way. I went into dance music and Narik and Jade uh, kind of were always kind of like pivotal in the, the local skate scene. And they were kind of like the, the dudes that like plan things for <clears throat> all the skaters. And anyways, they got hit with the dance music bug. Let's not forget. They got bit by it. And they were like seeing what's going on and seeing the undergrounds. And they were like, why don't we apply our know-how of bringing people together, making events happen that we've been doing for skateboarding community. And let's give it a shot to the dance music community. And they did that. And uh, they probably did like five events. And then just because we just know each other for life, they see what I was doing. They were, I held a residency. Oh my God, I don't even know where to start with this. Anyways. <laughs> they were coming to King Eddie's. Um, the first like, red like proper like continuous DJing I was doing was I was I had to do open format unfortunately, and the whole night I would wait for that last thirty minutes when I know everyone's plastered and I would sneak in thirty minute house set just for myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, anyways, they were coming to that just you know hang with the dj i had open tab king eddie's was a lawless world it was like a pirate ship anyways and so they reached out to me they're like look this 900 block kind of concept is, is kind of gonna need a little bit more direction and uh respect in terms of the music they were booking people that were you know i, I don't know i don't even want to like say anything that I don't need to say. They needed something that was a bit more serious and well thought out and, and, and someone who took the craft seriously. So they're like, why don't you just come DJ for us and, and kind of be at every one of the 900 blocks. And to me, it was it was 100% yes for two reasons. One, it's going to be house. I could play house music the whole time, which I wasn't really able to do just yet. And it took a huge weight off my shoulders of like bookings and contracts with venues and, and hunt, you know, I could focus on the music while they focus on the, the administrator, on the things that actually make the events above ground. They could focus on that and I could focus on the music. So that was the beautiful thing. Michael Pham, man, the universe just kind of brought him to us. I don't know exactly why, uh, Narik and Jade or how they decided to book him when we were just kind of like, yo, we need, we're, we're booking the calendar for Pattern Bar. He got put in the list. And it's funny, his, his set at Pattern Bar, I was actually out of country for that. I, was, I, visit, I visit France every year. Uh, so I was in France. And uh, so I didn't hear his set. You know, I came back and they were raving about him and, and they're like, we're thinking of bringing him on as a resident. And I was like, so I didn't, I met fam like barely a year ago, honestly. And it's been one of the greatest um, friendships and, and kind of like 
peer programs, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever had. He's he's also from LA, you know what I'm saying? So so we kind of talk the same. We operate on the same wavelength. Uh, he's the same age I am, which is great. And he and I have I've I've grown to have such like a respect and, and, and I'm thankful to have him as like someone I can like bounce ideas off of someone so close that I can be a bit vulnerable with my, you know, ideas that sometimes might be completely off whack or, or need a, a drastic change. So yeah, that's it how we all met. Like you, it seems like you really dovetail well at yeah. that party, you know? Totally. So um, as someone that's been on the underground scene for such a considerable time, um, you know, I was discussing um, with a DJ that I brought in for um, the Avalon show last weekend um, about the way that the different scenes in different cities of, of America, uh, you know, manifest themselves. One thing mm -hmm. that I've noticed, I mean, I've only been in LA permanently for, you know, the last couple of years. One of the things that's pretty clear to me, um, you know, doing this show and talking to people and, you know, um, meeting people at different parties is that the LA scene seems to still hold that unity that you mentioned earlier, which is one of the things that sort of marked out the house music scene in its in its earlier days as being something special is that it was, you know, and LA seems to still have a lot of different parties that kind of cross-pollinate. Absolutely. That, that are in support of each other. Of course, there's competition. Everybody wants to be the best party in town. That's inevitable. But there doesn't seem to be, at least from what I can tell, like too much like um, backbiting, underhand activity. It seems like people are passionate about the scene being alive and therefore support each other in what they do. Um, what do you think that is? Mm down to why why is la like that because in such a competitive town you would think or expect that it was it was um a little bit more of a, of a, of a negative throat yeah um you know hearing you say that it, it makes me feel as if maybe other towns aren't like that and that like really makes me sad almost um i don't know the exact reason why that is uh i can Sunshine? Yes, a few, oh my God. And to speak about sunshine, which is where I was going to go, you know, this is going to sound so, so corny, but it might be pretty real. You know, the hippie movement comes from California and the peace love movement comes from California. It's, it's, it's got to do with the energy in, in the soil, with the Sierra mountains, with the Pacific ocean. It's, it's, it's undeniable when you step away from the city and you get into the nature of California and I, and I'm a nature guy. I go to nature everywhere on this planet. California's got something that maybe only Hawaii has where there's this like undeniable kind of like sound and, and feeling that we as humans feel when we're in it. So I think that has a, has a part. There's also this big wave currently across humanity, mainly like everyone from 20s, even not even the kids are on it right now, about just kind of kindness 
and you know p- bring bullying to awareness as it is now and acceptance of lgbtq and 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 kind of that is now the, the great awakening of the american public is happening and that's being applied of course to the to the dance music community um i think also dance music has something different where <clears throat> this do we, why do we go out to these events like why do I leave my house? You know what I mean? It's to be, it's for that moment that we all love on the dance floor, maybe with your buds, maybe not, maybe they're over there. You're with strangers. You're all together vibing to some sounds. And it's and it's that simple moment just applied to the whole scene. We're all vibing together on the dance floor. Why aren't we all vibing together on just the administrative side of it, on the putting the i can't i don't know the exact word but you get what i'm saying is there a spiritual element to um dance music for you so you know it's a classic saying dance music house music is a healer it's a spiritual thing a soul Soul thing you know what i'm saying a body thing all day there's there's absolutely a spiritual thing to dance music uh before you know Banging on some rocks, banging on a animal skin drum has been part of human culture before there was written languages, before there was even spoken languages. It's 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 the it's one of the things that sets us so far apart from anything else on this animal kingdom so early on was these dance parties around a campfire. Like it's part of our DNA, I feel. And it's and it, it you when you're in it, people who aren't even into dance music, quote unquote, they say that I bring them to my warehouses and I see them getting down so hard on the dance floor. And they're like, I don't know. I can't believe I like this right now. And it's, it's more than the music itself. It's the communal aspect, the safety, the let go aspect of it. And we all have those moments on the dance floor where you like you work out some it's almost like you're at the gym and you work out on and you figure out an idea or you have questions that you're like i don't know how to do this with my lover or with work sometimes that real that that like moments that realization of how to fix this problem or, or go about a certain route with something you have in your life will happen on the dance floor because you're just like flowing and you're you're tapping into yourself and then, and so what is another reason? It's just kind of like competition and, and approaching it with such a, like you're my competitor, is just gonna cause animosity. It's gonna cause beef and it's gonna cause uh, people doing backhanded kind of malicious uh, things, uh, you know. I think it's important to talk about the Los Angeles scene is we're in California, alcohol stops at 2 a.m. There is a huge vacuum that opened up. God bless the overpass. I don't know if you're familiar with the overpass. Tell us about it. Shh, I can't talk about it. <laughs> uh, it's an under, it, it's like the beginning of the after hours. They, they like, they started something in like 20, 13 2014 and we're all like children of them now so being that we're all dealing with this you know after hours quote unquote illegal 
I've seen parties that are very like uh, malicious and and mean and old. There is some old. The competition thing also comes from the battle DJ days. There is that element to DJing. Let's not forget, which I'm glad is no longer around. Where they will straight call the police on the rival party to shut it down. That was a thing that was happening for a little while, and I think we all realized that that is helping no one. So. Yeah, I mean, some of these big groups have even like 900 block. We we get in conversations with them and kind of share each other's calendars to like not they schedule around each other. Yeah, and I've heard when we booked Tom uh, Hidden Spheres, he's from Manchester. He said they're they're doing similar things in Manchester. Just it's just better for the scene. Absolutely. <clears throat> so in LA, there's. Um... You know, there's really like, as far as I can tell, there's like three three really strong um, parts of the dance music scene. You know, you've got your your stalwart clubs like Sound and Avalon and yeah. um, Catch Ward and all those places that are like regularly booking, um, you know, really phenomenal top flight DJs. Um, then you've got your like big events that might happen like the Solomon event or the, the Expo Hall stuff. Um, and then you've got the underground. And I'm just, you know, since that's where this show's focused on, on, on the underground side of things, uh, what, what is the role of the underground, do you think, in any, in any city? You know, like, what, mm-hmm. why, is, why is it an important part of, of the dance music scene? Mm. I think it's important and... You kind of said it in many ways, you know. Right. But. It's it's such like a pivotal part for two reasons, in my opinion. The first one is very straightforward. You have full autonomy when you're dealing with the underground, when you're dealing with a raw space. You're not dealing with a, a bar manager who has an agenda, a bar owner or club owner who has this crazy overhead that he needs to meet um, these like club kind of like, you know, people that make, that spend a lot of money and then keep these businesses afloat. As a businessman, I would totally understand why this douchebag bottle dude that spends $50,000 a month at my club, why I'm going to cater to him a little bit and why I'm going to keep him here. So I'm going to tell the DJ, hey, you need to play more vocals. Ray Cash, if you're listening, I'm taking a stab at you. (laughs) (laughs) You got poor guy. Um, So I understand that, you know. So when you're in these warehouse kind of environments, and, and the underground doesn't always have to be a warehouse. You have full autonomy. You're building the sound. So you're not dealing with crappy speakers unless you want to build crappy speakers, whatever. You're building the lineup to a T and you're not being told who can play what at what time for how long. You are completely in control of that. So you can then bring in talent that is on the cutting edge, that is doing a sound that you know a huge group of people in Los Angeles are not getting uh, cater to on any other venues because these venues just don't want to move away from their formula. And I think a little third part for me is, you know, these warehouses is where it all started, baby, in Chicago. And that's kind of like cool to, to be able to, to do that as like an homage a little bit. 
<clears throat> and some of these songs, they'll speak of, you know, you'll play some of these records that we were talking about revisiting old vocals. And even in the vocals, they'll be like, sweat on this warehouse wall. <laughs> and then now people are in this sweaty warehouse like, oh, that's me. Freedom of expression, isn't it, that it creates? Yeah, I think that's like the main thing is the full autonomy and you can completely express yourself as and also just there's no dress code stupid dress code like just show up here yeah so for the for the patrons there's complete freedom so um what are you i know you're always in the studio what are you working on right now man i try to be always in the studio i try i, I want to like delete my netflix account <laughs> bro i'll sit down it's yeah. like three movies i'm like wait a minute it's been nine hours what have I done with my day? Right. I love cinema. I love film. Well, you started in film, didn't you? That was that was a, a, uh, that's you know your. your um, so when I when I learned, knowledge so I I did gallery. like a a wraparound to learn digital audio workstations through Glendale Community College. I did I did two semest two semesters there with the intent of dropping out. Like I just wanted to learn. DAWs and they had this Glendale Community College has this great film program but it's not it's everything behind the lens none of it is it's all the technical stuff so they had a pro tools class for how to dub movies um you know when you hear when you see a door open in a film that's not the sound of the door opening that right. you heard someone placed that in there uh -huh. anyways so i learned digital audio workstations through that pieced out and went about my way um yeah yeah so what um yeah. so what have we got to look forward to uh from yeah. you in the, in the next 12 months well so we have this big package from cool contest records this is, is up on it's coming out next week uh in the summer i put out this really cool um vocal house kind of acidy analogy uh record doesn't have a traditional hi-hat, which is very rare for me. Um, that kind of like took its its own path and people really identified with the vocalist, Will You Are Not, William Johnson, a unicorn of a man, literally and figuratively. He's just an amazing person. Uh, and talking to this man through the years, I was like, man, you are just, you say the wildest shit with the greatest inflection. I need you on tape. And we started making records together. So the remix package is insane. It's like an LP. There's eight remixes. We got Mood from Tunisia. Keep your eyes out on this, man. Um, we got Sir Roscoe, the god, the acid lord. He did a, a beautiful kind of wavy remix. Rave Mira. AKA DJ ex boyfriend, AKA DJ YouTube rib, AKA Buck Townsend. <laughs> He's got five stage names. It's amazing. Um, he did this awesome kind of minimal effort. Bobby Lava uh, did a proper kind of re rub in the traditional sense of my bass line and just kind of did like a, a bass dub. Um, Ness, this cool young cat out of East LA, he did a, a kind of like a another spacey, minimal uh, dub mix as well. Then we had Jason Eason just did a straight tech house slapper. 
It's beautiful. Right. And uh, and then we're talking about the Roy Lacroix remakes. Is ah, I hate to say it, but it's my favorite one. It's like this like vaporwave '80s breakbeat, like Africa Bombada. It's unbelievable. That's awesome. And then they're re-releasing my original. So that's so that's like when, that. When, when can we get our hands on that? February 28th, we got the full package dropping on all platforms. Uh, we got the premieres from a few of the of those songs from a few kind of like blogs. Uh, Analog Advisors premiering, Roscoe Mix, um, Los Angeles Music Project is premiering, the Roy LaCroix Mix, uh, the Mood Mix is being premiered. I don't want to say exactly yet who I'm waiting on contract. That's the first thing that's coming up. Um, and where are you going to be playing in, in, the, in the next few weeks? So tonight, actually, I play at Nameless in Santa Monica. Which is a fairly new venue, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool, man. You know, LA is such a big town, east side versus west side. I'm 100% guilty of it. I can't even remember the last time I was in Santa Monica. But guess what? I'm going to be there tonight. Amazing. So that's happening tonight. Next Saturday is our big warehouse party. Uh, we're we're throwing a proper warehouse function, our first one of the year. And is this we're the bringing Swales, out the Swiles one, right? Have you followed any of his music? Yeah, have I you know like? Is. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah also, he's from Manchester, right? So, he is. And um and I'm from Southport, which is okay. Where's 30, that? Thirty five minutes down the road. Oh, you guys so, are homies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to be there. And um, Ma uh, yeah, Manchester is, um, you know, it's a place, it's one of my old stomping grounds. And yeah. The home of the Hacienda, of course. And um, uh, and now, so obviously, like all, all the things that have, that have gone after it. But yeah, it, Manchester is one of those places as well, like LA, that, um, that just has a knack for producing great musical talent so i've, I've um, noticed it's, it's been no wild surprise. it's no surprise that you're bringing someone like him over and it's really exciting yeah it's gonna be his first gig in america that's another thing so one of the formulas of 900 block is is our eyes are six months to a year ahead and, and we you know fam and i are we live in the music it's insane how much i download every day I'm surprised the fbi's not on me Shh. um what are you downloading that they would care don't say. <laughs> Just check yourself. You're right, you're right. Change your ways. <laughs> um, so we, we, book, like, we booked him like almost six months ago. And, you know, his trajectory has skyrocketed since. And that's kind of the formula with 900 is we want to bring dudes that are dudes and girls that are kind of like never really played in LA before. And we want to be like, to give it such like, authenticity and freshness like for the fact that ourselves as you know the people who run the, the event we're also going to hear stuff we've never heard before so that's one of the main uh driving forces of the 900 block yeah that's very cool well it's it's been so fantastic to sit down and get to know you a little bit better uh, you should definitely head out and, and check out the, the 900 block if you haven't already. And um, particularly get yourself on the dance floor for a Stefan CA set. Yeah. Um, so where can we find you on socials and uh, where's the best place to... to yeah, um, I kind of... I run everything from my Instagram. Uh, everything's just like, I have it all attached, you know? Whatever I post goes to the other... 
pages. And what's your handle? Oh, that would be the best one. So it's just my name, S-T-E-F-A-N-S-E-A-Y. Stefan C.A. That's who I am. My mama is good enough for my mama. It's good enough for y'all. <laughs> well, thanks for, for coming in and talking to us today. And also yeah. thank you for doing such a phenomenal guest mix. Oh, thank you, brother. Um, I'm excited for y'all to see the direction and uh, hear what I meant about having such a pivotal classic moment in my set. Absolutely. So um, uh, turn the lights down low and, 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 and get that volume dial all the way up. Um, this is Stefan C.A. with the guest mix. Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to see you um, getting down on my next party. And uh, that way I can interview you. I want to know more about you. Coming right up. All right, brother. All right, please. Bless up. Thank you. Rukin Music.
गेस्ट में
That really was one of the most fun episodes of this show to do. What a lovely guy and what an incredible guest mix that was. Today, I've dropped not just one, but two episodes of the show. And the second one is with a fantastic underground DJ here in LA called Mesa, and she is really on the up and up. So go and check that out on iTunes too. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. It's so helpful. And I'm going to get ready and cook up the next episode of LA Underground. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back soon. See ya. Okay.